Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, that theme music may be more appropriate than ever because we're only one week into the 2017 fantasy football season, and already a lot of teams are chewed to pieces. I am Gary Davenport, welcoming you to another edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. The season is underway, and I think if there's one statistic that best sums up week one, it would be that Jared Goff, Sam Bradford, and Alex Smith combined to throw eight touchdown passes. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees combined to throw one touchdown passes. So it was that kind of first week in the NFL, was it not, David Oliveris? It was a brutal one, that's for sure. Week one is always kind of tricky to predict. We're going off of all of our 2016 data. You never quite know what to expect, but I couldn't. I couldn't expect anything like we saw this past week. That was something different, uh, not counting all the injuries, too. We'll get into that in a little bit here. Speaking of injuries, Ryan Black, the biggest news of the week was the injury to Arizona Cardinals running back David Johnson. Why don't you break that down, the latest on that down for us and the other major injuries of the week. Yeah, David Johnson, oh, gosh, it's so bad for everybody. He is on IR officially, and he is slated to, at the earliest, return week 10, which would be against the Seahawks. Uh, I do want to clear something up. Uh, on Roto World, there was a little blurb, and it said that Coach Arian said he's expecting him back at Christmas. That's actually false. If you look, go back and look at the full interview, he says Thanksgiving and Christmas. So a little bit of optimism there, but it's still best-case scenario. Uh, week 10, I doubt it's then. Uh, you're hoping for 11, maybe 12. And if you have an IR spot, put him there. Uh, Allen Robinson, done for the year. First quarter. Already had knee surgery, so you're going to need. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Allen Hearns. It's going to pick up the slack. Hope it is. Um, at least in my other leagues, that's who I'm going for. Marquise Lee's great, too, but I'm betting on Allen Hearns, but hopefully Allen Robinson can come back to form next year. Danny Woodhead hasn't been placed on IR yet. <clears throat> However, he's got the same hamstring injury he was dealing with in preseason, and there's been two timetables. There's been the four to six weeks, and there's been the six to eight, and the latest one was the six to eight that Adam Schefter reported. He's usually pretty spot on. I've got a feeling the Ravens are probably contemplating putting him on IR, and which makes Buck Allen all the more valuable. Is he Danny Woodhead? No, but he's something. You can plug him into your lineup. Uh, Danny Amendola is still in the concussion protocol, has not practiced yet. That's something to monitor. Kind of went back and looked. I was surprised to see Phil Dorsett sliding in. I don't know. I don't like Phil Dorsett. I think he's quite the bust. I think Chris Hogan may be quite the sleeper, but he was more of a running back last week than a wide receiver. So 
I don't really know. Uh, John Brown was added to the injury report this week, but it looks like they're just giving him some rest. A big one that was Jordan Howard uh, was added to the injury report this week, but it doesn't look too serious, but it's something that we should all keep our eyes out on and uh, just make sure that the guy who could get his job stolen by a five foot six man is going to be healthy for week two. Yeah, Jordan Howard owners aren't freaked out enough already by the emergence of one Terry Cohen, who had, I believe, 14 touches last week. Mr. Oliveras, Cohen is probably the top waiver wire priority for folks this week or some of the others that they should be targeting. Well, so Cohen, you know, he does slot in as probably the top, I would say, across the board just because of the David Johnson injury. You know, you got to – fill somebody in there. You need to pick up a running back right off the bat. So, you know, Cohen slots right in there. Getting this late, you know, sort of Jordan Howard news coming into the fold too, it only bolsters his uh, his value going forward here. I could see him having a role uh, throughout the season just based on his performance. I mean, you saw him in preseason a little bit. Uh, you saw him, you know, of course, this past weekend going nuts. And, um, you know, it kind of reminded me a bit of a, a Cincinnati Bengals um, pre-Joe Mixon kind of set up there where you had the Thunder and Lightning uh, with Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. I could see something like that developing as well. Uh, Lord knows they need it with Kevin White gone as well. So um, someone's going to have to carry the rock there and move that the ball, move the chains there. And Cohen looks like the most dynamic player they have on their roster right now. Um, but both will have value going forward. I'm looking at the waiver wire, though, it's a hot week. There's a lot going on there. I actually, you know, I, I like Cohen a lot, but I, I like, you know, Cooper Cup and, and Kenny Galladay more, you know, towards the top of my priority list, Galladay especially. I mean, he's, he's huge, 6'4", 213. Um, you know, his stat line last week, people are, are loving these amazing, you know, highlight reel touchdowns. They came very late in the game, you know. So, um, also, he, he was about third on the snap count as far as the Lions wide receivers go. I expect that to rise this week. Um, you got to keep a talent like that on the field. Plus, having that big target for Matt Stafford, that's never a bad thing, of course. So, um, I do – he's my top waiver ad this week just because he could be that legit WR1. Um, I, I temper expectations going into this week because a lot of people aren't realizing, you know, the coverage with Arizona. I mean, you've got, you've got Patrick Peterson probably covering Golden Tate on that play. I'd have to go back and look. Um, you have to look at Marvin Jones. He was uh, probably covered by um, Honey Badger there. So then you got the scraps going up against Galladay, who's got him on size and speed most likely. So um, temper expectations, but he's got that potential to be that WR1. Cooper Cup, same way too. I know Sammy Watkins is there, but you look at what he's done and you look at the chemistry he's got with Jared Goff there. And Sammy Watkins, you know, he's not exactly the picture of health. He, he doesn't really like to stay on the field too much. He kind of goes down every year, it feels like. I can't remember if he's ever played a full season, to be honest with you. So um, those two, I would put – I'd probably put Galladay one, and then I would flip a coin, you know, depending on what you need between Cohen and Cooper Cup. I'm not touching, I'm not touching um, the backs, any of the backs in Arizona. I'm just steering clear of that situation. The reason David Johnson was so good is because he was David Johnson. It's not a situational thing out there. So, you know, if you want to get Kerwin Williams, you want to go get um, the ghost of Chris Johnson or Andre Ellington, who was a wide receiver at some point this summer – You'd be my guest. You burn your waiver claim on one of those guys, but it's a nightmare over there. It's going to be a disaster. I think the biggest beneficiary there is going to be Larry Fitz, um, just because someone's got to move the chains with David Johnson out. So uh, that's kind of what I see there. 
Lastly, looking at the tight ends, Jesse James, you know, we brought him up last week in that matchup, um, and that's really what that was. It was that matchup against Cleveland, you know. That's uh, start your tight ends against Cleveland. Unfortunately, Baltimore doesn't have, like, a great option there. But, um, you know, and Austin Hooper, too, that was really just a blown coverage down in Atlanta. That was a blown coverage, you know, that gave him most of his yardage there. That's a fluke. I don't expect that to be uh, the norm going forward with him. So I'm not touching those tight ends. You, you can have them. Um, really, you know, it's it's Charles Clay is going to be your tight end ad this week. But um, you can probably just go ahead and add him. I don't know if you need to claim him per se. You know, Clay, I like Clay as an ad. And I'm actually looking at a couple leagues where I've got – Either Jordan Reed and the news will be a little bit more ominous about his toe has me a little more concerned, although I figured the injury was worse than they were letting on. And I had Jack Doyle backing him up, but given the dumpster fire that is the Indianapolis Colts right now, I'm not feeling great about owning much stock in that offense. So I have play. I think he led the – I think he had nine targets this past week. I know that Tyrod Taylor was talking in the offseason about how he needed to target Clay more. And, I mean, you look at the wider – one, they don't have a lot of talent at wide receiver in Buffalo – Two, their top two wide receivers are a rookie and a guy who just got there who missed most of the preseason with an injury. So Taylor has zero comfort level with either of those guys, really. So, you know, when you're in the heat of the game and whatnot, a lot of times they go with what they know. And what he knows at this point was Charles Clay. I recommended him in my sleeper article that I do each week at Bleacher Report this past week, and that was one of the ones that actually worked out for me. Although calling Carson Palmer my sleeper of the week, yeah, that didn't so much. He slept all right. He's in a coma. Oh, Gary, Gary, let me add one more to that, and I want to give uh, I want to give credit to our colleague Doug Coots with FantasySharks.com for this one. But, um, again, not a claim, but an ad, Giorgio Tavecchio, the kicker out of Oakland. He's the number one kicker in the NFL right now for fantasy purposes. I swapped him out. You know, I had a bunch of Cairo Santos types out there, and I went ahead and scooped him this morning because, I mean, number one is number one. Why not, right? You know, it's a high-powered offense. So, you know, credit to Doug Coots for that call there. Nice matchup this week, too, at home against the course of the New York Jets. Apparently there are a lot of courses in the NFL right now. (laughs) There are (laughs) only one weekend. Oh, my goodness. A lot of people like to fall into the trap <clears throat> one week into the season. Everybody freaks out. You know, Tariq Cohen is going to set the NFL all-purpose yardage record. Kareem Hunt is the greatest running back in history, the love child of Jim Brown and Eric Dickerson. And Tom Brady is a washed-up old bum. I want you guys to each give me one guy, and we'll start with you, Ryan, that after watching just one game, you feel there is a legitimate cause for a measure of panic about one guy that might have been drafted a little highly that you're looking at like, ooh, might have whiffed on that one. Yeah, I won't take uh, Jordan Howard. I'm going to go ahead and take the other low-hanging fruit, though. Des Bryant is starting to worry me. Just And he, he, he was targeted pretty uh, – he was targeted pretty well, and he, he's – I know Janoris Jenkins is throughout the years of the, of the Giants has held him down pretty well, but I mean now he's he's going to a no fly city um, in Denver. The rest of his schedule doesn't look good, and I was a believer of talent over the what he was going to be facing, but I think he's just going to be too hit or miss to give return that say late first round, early to middle second round draft value. I just don't see it happening with the way, and especially if Zeke is going to play the entire year, it's just going to be a wishy-washy 
Doug Baldwin-esque year. Like, I hate to compare him to that because I think he's better, but I, I, I'm definitely panicking, and I would seek out name value if I could. Right. So he's a guy that, let's say, just catches a long touchdown this week against – going up against Denver, it's not likely. But if he has a big week, he's a guy that you would probably sell high on. I'm taking yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I can at least. <laughs> what about you, David? Uh, you know, this is going to be an unpopular opinion given that everyone loves this guy, uh, and they have loved him coming into the season. But Todd Gurley gives me cause for concern. Um, they slaughtered the Colts this past weekend. It was just a beatdown of epic proportions. And uh, he managed to put out 40 yards on the ground on 19 carries. He saved his day you know, on the stat line, I mean, I think it was the top five or top six back overall on the weekend because he got involved in the passing game, and he did bang in that touchdown. But, you know, I'm not counting on the passing every week. I could see it happening potentially, but when I see a clip like that in in a game situation like this where they're just pounding them into the ground, I expected so much more out of this game, and, and we got so little. The Colts do not have a strong run defense. And the game flow just said, let's pound them into submission. And they didn't. You know, they beat them down, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't by Todd Gurley's legs and certainly not on the ground, that's for sure. So um, I, I'm selling high on him right now. I don't own him in many places because I was never really a, a firm believer in him. But uh, he's someone I'm not necessarily panicking on because I want to keep it calm. But I'm shopping him, that's for sure, in the places I do own him. I'm getting out of that two yards per carry ball game. I don't want anything to do with that. Didn't hurt my feelings a bit with that call. After what he did to my teams last year, I don't know if I own any shares of Todd Gurley this year. He was my first-round pick in death match last year, and I have a tendency to hold a grudge. I'm going to go with T.Y. <laughs> Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts because, as, as David, the Colts just got completely throttled by the L.A. Rams, which aren't exactly an NFL powerhouse. Scott Tolzien looked god-awful. I don't expect Jacoby Brissett to be markedly better. I mean, Hilton's a great talent, but this is just it's shaping up to be a wasted year for him with just terrible quarterback play. To where and Maybe once in a while you'll get a decent stat line because of garbage time. Because at this point, I'm not expecting to see Andrew Luck anytime soon. I mean, I think we've reached that point where if you're an Andrew Luck owner, you'd better have a plan B at the ready because – here we are. He's already quickly been ruled out for week two. He hasn't even started practicing yet. So I'm not saying you should freak out if you're a luck guy, but you should freak out if you're a luck guy or Hilton guy for that matter. Go to you first, David. Give me a guy that may have had a down week in week one, but you're not. You're okay. Everything's going to be fine. No need. No cause for concern. Yeah, um, I don't want to blanket it and say all the Patriots, but I, I'll just narrow it down to Tom Brady. Um, you look at that game, and, and, you know, it was on national television, so everybody saw it for the most part. And so um, he's Tom Brady, and, and he just missed on a touchdown to Gronk, which would have changed his stat line completely. It wouldn't even be a narrative this week, um, you know, if they connect on that touchdown, that Gronk just, just, you know, didn't pull it in all the way when he landed on it. Um, also, they had, you know, some, some red zone connections where they missed on. It could have been a completely different ball game just a couple of inches here and there, and, and it's, it's completely different. So uh, don't panic on Brady. I wrote about him earlier this week. If you've got some fool in your league who's shopping him, go steal him from him. They have a prime bounce-back matchup this week at New Orleans. New Orleans just got shredded by the great Sam Bradford, who's probably the greatest quarterback of all time now, right? So 
you know, this is perfect <laughs> for Tom to go ahead and just light them up. So um, getting all your Patriots in there, I think they're the highest line of the week right now. So um, Tom Brady, do not panic. And if I'm stealing it from you, Ryan, I'm sorry, but all Patriots, do not panic. Just put them in your lineup and, and deal with it later. Who are you taking a deep breath on, Ryan? David, I did have all Patriots written down, but I got more. <laughs> it's real, real fast, I want to add, it's, it's funny because I was going over the injuries, and I completely forgot about Andrew Luck. That's how bad it is. Anyways, just to get further <laughs> and further the fire and the anger towards any Colts fan or Colts fantasy football owner, um, I am definitely – I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. A lot of people seem to be a little down on him. The Saints had just a really bad game. They got whooped up there. Uh, he was the most targeted guy that game from – this is Drew Brees we're talking about. He'll he'll be at home. And uh, I sincerely wish someone would trade him straight up for Des Bryant with me, as I was talking about earlier. But, I mean, this is a guy who is – going to be Drew Brees' number one target. He's going to throw for 5,000 more yards. Drew Brees, that is, not Michael Thomas. But if you could get him, and you could probably get him for, I don't know, I hate to say this, but Stefan Diggs or something like that, you're looking at somebody that has top five potential. And Michael Thomas, knowing that he's had that chemistry rollover from last year from Drew Brees, we didn't see week one with uh, – Ted Ginn. Kobe Fleener looked good despite my last year infuriation with him. And Willie Sneed is still out until week four. But Michael Thomas is a guy who I am definitely not panicking on, and I want him on all my teams if I can get him. Agree 100%. I actually, I believe in last week's start bench column at Fantasy Sharks, I recommended Michael Thomas as a sit. I don't think a lot of, especially casual football fans, realize just how good a cornerback Xavier Rhodes is. I mean, he's one of the better cover guys in the NFL that a lot of people haven't heard of. So I thought he might spend most of that evening in Thomas's pocket. But like you said, and Drew Brees and Tom Brady were the two guys that I thought of right off the top of my head that don't freak out. I know between the two of them, they threw one touchdown pass, and that was in garbage time. They're going to be fine. I wouldn't freak out about Russell Wilson, although I'm not going to say that you shouldn't be concerned at all because that offensive line was offensive for most of that game against the Green Bay Packers. I also had Le'Veon Bell to that list. I know he only got 10 carries against the Cleveland Browns, and a lot of people expected him to just shred the Browns, myself included, and that did not happen. But I think we may have underestimated a little bit the effect that being out of camp would have on him. And even if he has another slow week this week, and it takes him those couple weeks to really get up to speed and get into game shape, Le'Veon Bell over 14 games is going to rack up more yardage than possibly any other tailback in the NFL with David Johnson out until Thanksgiving or Christmas. So just be cool. And if someone is freaking out, like both guys said about the guys that they would try to poach, this can be the time of year that you can really give yourself an advantage if you can – Nudge that panicky fantasy owner in your league. Oh well, yeah, you're right. You know Brady, Brady didn't look good, and you know he's forty. 
Sometimes the edge of that cliff comes pretty soon. You know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you Sam Bradford and Stefan Diggs if, if you're willing to send me Brady and Michael Thomas. I'll take that risk to help you because I'm a helpful guy. Not that you should help to instill panic in the people in your league, but you should totally help to instill panic in the people in your league. Why don't you guys each give me a sleeper for week number two, a guy that maybe isn't on the top of the middle of everyone's radar that's going to have that you believe will have a good game. We'll go with you first, Ryan. Yeah, um, not two people written down. I'm going to go with Tyrell Williams uh, from the Los Angeles Chargers. It's crazy how I haven't messed that up more, but I haven't, so good on me. Um, You know, he was actually targeted seven times. He was the second highest targeted receiver from Phillip Rivers. Obviously, Keenan Allen's number one, but the dude can play, and Phillip Rivers knows that. Everybody has to remember last year he broke out. Now, he's facing Miami this week, and last year, I mean, I know Keenan wasn't there, but he posted 125 yards and a touchdown on him. So, I would really... I'm interested. I'm thinking about putting him in my flex. I don't. I think he's a he's a sneaky play, but I think people are just scared off because of the week one performance and the fact that Keenan Allen is still there. But people got to remember, Hunter Henry didn't even have a bag on target this week. wasn't even targeted. Everybody's you know loved this year for the tight end. It's all. It's going to be all about the receivers, and hopefully Keenan Allen can stay healthy. But I think Tyrell bounces back in a big way and. He's going to have a big game against Miami. I hope you're right. I got many, many shares of Tyrell Williams. What about you, David? Do you like as a sneaky start this week? Well, first of all, I just want to express my my great disdain for Hunter Henry. He literally just slaughtered <laughs> so many of my DraftKings lineups on Monday night, and I was looking so good. Um, sticking with tight end, though, um, Tyler Higby. I like a lot this week. You know, you got Jared Goff. He's got some pep in his step. You know, he's um, just coming off probably the biggest game of his life, I would say. And so, um, Tyler Higby, you look at the matchup here against the Redskins, it's, uh, they just got shredded by Zach Ertz. And, you know, going back and looking at the film of that Philly-Washington game, I don't, I don't know how they – I don't know how they coach or, or train or practice defending against a tight end, but I, it is insane to watch how open Zach Ertz is. And I know Zach Ertz is a really good athlete, but it, it's, it's, it's nuts how open he was. I mean, he caught eight of eight targets, almost 100 yards receiving on him. So Higby's dirt cheap in DFS this week. I'm going to be playing him everywhere I can get him in. And uh, he's my sleeper this week by far. I mean, without a doubt, he's the one that I'm betting on the most. So it might blow up in my face because – hey, he's Tyler Higby, and it's also the Rams. But the matchup, all the math of it, the number of snaps he's playing, nobody on the Rams team played more snaps than Tyler Higby last week aside from Jared Goff. Everyone else was below him. So the opportunity should be there. That's who I'm going with this week, Tyler Higby. I'm not going to argue with it. God help me. I think if you're a QB streamer that you should take a long look at Jared Goff this week against the Redskins team that Carson Wentz just – and Goff. Did not look like Jared Goff this has. Jared Goff threw for 300 yards on purpose, which is, I'm pretty sure, a sign of the apocalypse. Ryan mentioned Alan Hearns earlier this week. I like him this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. I know the Titans support a bunch of money. 
and or draft capital into that secondary in the offseason. Last week against the Raiders, it really didn't look like it made that much difference. Now, granted, the Jaguars receivers are not the Raiders receivers, and Derek Carr and Blake Bortles are not the same guy. But I think the Jaguars are going to have to throw the ball more this week than they did last week where I think Bortles threw for like a plus. 100 and a quarter, 127 yards or something like that. So I, Alan Hearns is a guy that's going to be sitting on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Isn't going to be a huge priority for a lot of people. And if you're in a deeper league, I think you can plug him into that third receiver spot and you might be pleasantly surprised with the outcome. Flip side of that, David, give me a bust for the week, a guy that you're looking at thinking, oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I got two. So I'm going to do one and I'm going to come back after you guys go. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say Leonard Fournette, sticking with the Jaguars. Um, you know, Titans were second stingiest against the run in 2016. Uh, Jags do not have Allen Robinson this week to take some of the heat off of the great Blake Bortles. And so, you know, I think they can bottle him up. I really do. So uh, Fournette had a decent week last week based on volume against the Texans. But uh, I don't think he's going to pull it off this week. I think, uh, I think that Titans defense is, is very for real, and uh, they're going to shut him down this week. So, that's my bust. Fournette, if you own him, you're probably starting him, but I'm definitely not starting him in DFS anywhere, that's for sure. Right. Uh, I'm going to go with my actual sleeper from last week, and this is more so just a reminder of people, just don't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Corey Coleman's going to bust. Uh, I, Baltimore's defense is legit. And I've been screaming that from the hilltop from the get-go. But uh, Corey Coleman is the number one in Cleveland, and I've been getting a lot of questions about him, like, hey, should I start him over Dez and stuff like that? And that's a question I'm like, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to play Dez. But it's funny to think of Corey Coleman as a bust, but he's not going to have a good week. It's not going to be a fun time for Corey Coleman of the Browns this week against the Ravens. It's going to be a very slow-paced game. It's not. He's not going to be a flex you want to play. He's going to be somebody you want to sit on your bench and then bring back to life afterwards because he's going to be a good play the rest of the year. I know he's not a big name, and everyone's going to say, well, that's not really a bust, but I've been getting too many questions about start and sit about him, and I would definitely sit him this week. I don't think it's going to be fun at all for him. I don't know that Tariq Cohen is going to be a total bust this week, but I think it's going to be one of those things where people get a little too carried away with last week's stat line. Grab them off the waiver wire, plug them in the lineups. The Bears were able to catch the Atlanta Falcons off guard a little bit. I don't know that the Atlanta defensive coordinator spent a lot of time game planning for Tariq Cohen. That's not going to be the case as much this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that has two very rangy linebackers in Quan Alexander and Levante David. They just added T.J. Ward at the back end of the defense, so they would seem to be able to match up pretty well with a running back who likes to catch the ball out of the backfield. Once again, there are a lot of fantasy teams that aren't necessarily going to have a choice but to start in this week, given the injuries that are already chewing through teams. But just don't get carried away. He's not going to put up 140 total yards and catch eight passes and score a touchdown every week, just like Kareem Hunt's not going to continue setting rookie total yardage records every game. Everyone needs to take a breath. We're just one week in. Don't tear your team apart just yet. You can do that in a couple weeks when it will be time to panic. There's your other bus, David. 
Um, I'm going to go out here on a little bit of a limb. I'm going to say Jay Ajayi. Um, it, again, if you own him, you're starting him, obviously. But, you know, Chargers were pretty solid against the run last year, 10th best in the NFL last season. And, you know, they bottled up C.J. Anderson for 80 yards on, I think, 19 touches, if I recall correctly. So, um, he he might have a decent game, but I'm tempering expectations. Again, if you own him, you got to start him, I think, just because that's your new toy. You spent probably a second round or to get him. So, um, but, you know, don't expect a huge game. You also got the, the wild card, Smoking Jay Cutler, who, whose memes I am a big fan of, by the way. Um, you don't know what he's going to do out there. You might want to just check off the run and just go ahead and sling that thing downfield to Devontae Parker. That would be sweet. I would like that a lot. But um, you never know. It's not Ryan Tannehill in there. You know, they're not going to try to manage this game, maybe. Uh, I could see Jay Cutler out there slinging the rock this weekend. Um, so temper expectations for Jay Ajayi. I don't know if it's a full-blown bust, but – I'm not expecting big things this week. By the end of September, Jarvis Landry's dynasty owners are going to want to murder Jay Cutler. I have very little doubt. <laughs> I agree. All right, let's run. Let's run through some game previews. The first game of the week, the Cincinnati Bengals at – well, actually, it's the Houston Texans at Cincinnati Bengals. I had that one backwards. Mr. Black, what effect do you think Deshaun Watson will have on the Texans' offense? Is this a good thing for DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, he's um if anyone noticed, he targeted the crap out of DeAndre Hopkins. And if you're a Hopkins owner, you definitely want him in, in the game. Uh I don't think it's necessarily a big boost for the rest of the offense. Um uh, another thing is every tight end on the Houston's offense is hurt. And then including our including our favorite Fiodorowitz or however you want to pronounce his last name. But Lamar Miller, I think he's gonna be about the same. He's just a middling R B two. And Hopkins is really the only player you want to play from there. It, that's all it is. I, I still think Cincinnati's defense is a decent streamer this week. But Hopkins performs when he gets a gazillion targets. It's it's proven. It's going to happen. So that's that's it. You love it for Hopkins. Everything else is just kind of a wash. Yeah. Given the uh, stat line that the Jaguars defense put up this last week, I'm inclined to think the Bengals defense is a pretty good streamer too. Ten sacks. I think Clayus Campbell had three and a half sacks in the first half of that game. So Tom Savage probably didn't feel that bad about being benched. He's like, that's okay. They were going to kill me anyway. David, what do we make of the Bengals running backs? Has it become a full-on hot mess that should just be avoided, or is there some value to be had in there somewhere? It's kind of one of those watch-and-see sort of things. If you own stock in that backfield, um, you know what? You can't do anything with it, right? So um, Jeremy Hill is getting the short end of the stick, and rightly so. He got 10 snaps last weekend. Uh, Joe Mixon had 22, Gio Bernard at 29. Obviously, Gio was way more effective with his snaps. Uh, Mixon, you know, had a nice long run. Um, you know, he looked pretty good on that one run, but eight carries for nine yards is not a stat line you ever really want to see. So it's, um, it's not ideal. I'm hoping that coming off a, a game where you got your offense shut out, that they make a damn decision on what they're going to do here. And, and I think the right decision is, is, hey, let's go ahead and just completely phase out Jeremy. Let's get him out of the way now. And I hope eventually they get rid of Gio Bernard, too. Let's get Mixon, you know, the majority of the work. Gio can spell him. Jeremy's just a guy on the roster. Maybe they trade him to 
I don't know, someone who needs a running back, maybe Arizona, who knows. But what I do know is this, when there's three backs trying to eat in that backfield, looking the way they did this past weekend, nobody wins from a fantasy perspective. Speaking of from a fantasy perspective, bench everybody in this game. Just get the heck out of the way here. They've got an over-under right now at 38. It's actually down from 38.5 earlier on in the week. So don't touch this unless you want to start one of the defenses and just kind of have that liability off your roster for this week coming up. But offensively, I'm not touching this game. You might get lucky and get somebody to pop off for a touchdown or two, but that's, gonna, that's one of the lowest point totals I've ever seen. You know, you don't, normally don't see anything south of 40. And when you see a 38 on the board and shrinking, that's never a good sign for this game. So Thursday night is not going to be much fun this week, I'm afraid. But um, these backs, Nixon's the one I'm still betting on. Uh, Geo, if I'm desperate in a PPR league, you know, looking deep somewhere. Hill, don't touch him. He's going to be waiver fodder very soon if he's not already. Yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about two teams coming off a short turnaround who combined to score seven points this past weekend. So it should be a your typical Thursday night game, which is to say almost unwatchable. Although at least we'll get to see Tony Romo tell you what gonna play is going to happen before it actually does, like Karnak the Magnificent, which was kind of cool during the Raiders-Titans game, actually. I think he might – turns out Antonio Ramiro Romo might actually be pretty good at this broadcasting thing. My Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. David, Buck Allen actually out-touched Terrence West this past week. Which one of the running backs the fantasy owners want in week two? Um, uh, you know, if I had to pick one in strictly week two, in strictly week two, I would say Terrence West, and I know I'm on the outside looking in on that. Everyone's on Buck Allen, obviously, this week. But Terrence West got, got the goal line carry. He got the touchdown, too. Um, you know, they obviously, they prefer West in this offense. Buck Allen was buried on the depth chart, not but, you know, what, three, four days ago. So um, if I had to own one for this week and spot start somebody this week, it'd be Terrence West. Long term, I want Buck Allen, of course, in the situation. I think he's a better all-around athlete. Um, you know, West is all right. You know, I think he can develop more into the, into the passing role a little bit too, but so can Buck Allen. Um, they both – can do it is really the point here. But for this week, one week only, I'm going to say Terrence West, um, but I, I definitely don't love it. I'm not rushing out to get him or start him anywhere in this situation. Ryan, that Baltimore defense looked pretty good against the Cincinnati Bengals. You buying or selling Isaiah Crowell as an RB2 start? Uh, gosh, this pains me because I actually like him the rest of the year. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to buy as a low-end RB2. I mean, it was actually – I was happy to see that. I mean, he got 17 carries and two targets and then also scored that uh, two-point conversion towards the end of the game. I think the workload's going to be there. I don't think Duke Johnson even got a carry. I, I think he falls into the end zone. It could be another ugly stat line, but something tells me I just – one of those things where you just get that hunch and it's like, all right, he's going to get the ball enough. He's going to fall. They're going to somehow get the ball at the one yard line and he's going to score. And then Baltimore will win, you know, 21 to seven or 28 to seven or whatever it'll be. But I'll buy the low end RB two. I say he finishes 20 in the 24 range. All right. Chicago bears, Tampa Bay Buccaneers season opener for the Bucs. 
got the week one by that no NFL team wants. We've already discussed Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen a little bit. Ryan, how freaked out on a scale of one to five, with one being you're not worried at all and five being you have crawled inside your oven, how worried would you be as a Jordan Howard owner? Uh, I'm a three, and then the reason I would be a two, but his draft capital was just so high. Like, you're banking on him basically to be an RB1, and I don't think that's going to happen with Cohen and then just the way the Bears' offense is as a whole. Uh, I think he got 56% of the snap share as um, the running back there, and he was limited today. I don't I don't think that's serious by any means. I'm just seeing this as – almost Todd Gurley from last year. You know, I called it at the beginning of the season and just see it happening again. He didn't look bad. I mean, he got a touchdown. But everybody's going to be, from where you drafted him, you got to be worried. It's just not what you wanted. If you could get any name value, I would do it personally. I'm not a big buyer in Jordan Howard, as some people are. But I – Ugh, yeah, I don't want any piece of it, at, especially at that draft capital. Luckily, I have no shares. David, no Doug Martin this week. You buying or selling for Quiz Rogers as a – we'll go RB2 start again. I'll make this quick. I'm selling. Um, he was jettisoned from Atlanta. And uh, speaking of Atlanta, the Atlanta backs were held to 2.65 yards per carry last week by the Chicago Bears. Again, a weird week. So, you know, I think it's an outlier, but um, he's not as talented as those guys, that's for sure, and uh, they bottled them up. So uh, I'm selling them. There's better options out there. You can start someone better than Jaquiz Rogers this week. It looks nice on paper, but, you know, there's just too many other options out there. I, I'd sell. Don't even think about starting them. The Bears did, just to, for the sake of devil's advocate, the Bears did suffer a fairly significant defensive injury this week. Jarrell Freeman, there starting inside linebacker was placed on injured reserve with a torn pectoral and a concussion. It was not a fun week one for Darrell. Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, David, does Le'Veon Bell bounce back this week against a stout Minnesota defense? Yeah, he's still Le'Veon Bell, so that's all I need to say. He's still Le'Veon. He's officially the best running back in the NFL at this moment, and so don't don't get cute. It's a pretty tough you know matchup on paper, but he's still Le'Veon. If he can't get it on the ground, he'll get it through the air. He's going he's gonna to eat this week. He has to. Brian, does Dalvin Cook back up his scintillating debut effort? Yeah, I think he does. I mean, not to the effect that he did last week, but you can definitely say he's going to have at least the targets and the touches to do so. It, it, Pittsburgh – their defense is really nothing to be afraid of. Zimmer's going to – he said after the game he did an excellent job. So, I mean, coming from him, you got to imagine they're going to keep giving Cook the rock. It's going to be a good day for him, whether or not it's, he's past the yardage or not. But he, he could find the end zone. He's, he's a back-end RB1 for sure, I think, the rest of the way. New England Patriots, New Orleans Saints. Ryan, the decision that every fantasy owner wishes he had. You got to pick between Drew Brees and Tom Brady this week. Who are you rolling out? <laughs> I talked about at the beginning of the season and how you could, if you could platoon Brees and somebody somehow, 
it'd be great because since they're at home, you're always going to go breeze. They just got crushed. He's mad. I know Brady's mad too, but breeze is at home. And like I said, I like Michael Thomas. I want all of the I want all the Saints this week, and I want all the Patriots too, as David said earlier. But if I had to pick just one, Breeze has that chance of that, I don't know, 35, 40-point game. Brady might come right below at 30. I don't know. But give me Breeze all day at home. I don't know what the over-under is on that game, but seriously, folks, take the over. David, a lot of people were expecting bigger things out of Chris Hogan in his debut effort, given that Julian Edelman was lost for the year. Hogan was talked up in many circles as he was a guy that was going to be the big beneficiary of Edelman's absence instead. In week one, at least, it was Danny Amendola. Now it looks like Amendola is very iffy for the game as well. Is this the week that the Chris Hogan breakout happens? I think it absolutely has to. And as you mentioned, Amendola, you know, he's still in, in protocol, if I'm not mistaken. So I can't imagine he suits up for this one. Um, the Patriots are going to spread it around. You saw what Dalvin Cook did to the Saints on Monday Night Football. So, you know, all the backs could eat pretty much in this one, I think. Um, it really just depends on how the game flow happens. But, yeah, I'm absolutely buying Hogan. If someone's dropping him or selling him, go ahead and get on that and take care of that. Look what Thalen did, 9 for 157 on 10 targets. Diggs, 7 for 93 and two touchdowns on eight targets. And they're going to eat. Over-under on this one, by the way, is 54.5. So you want to get all kinds of pieces of this game. And I think Hogan's a big one. You know, that's something you want to key in on looking at what the Minnesota receivers did. I think talent-wise, he's right there up with them. He certainly is talented as Thalen, in my opinion. Diggs is, Diggs is pretty special. But, um, yeah, buying all day, start him everywhere you can, and uh, get him in your lineup this week, that's for sure. Is the over-under 54.5 per team? <laughs> it should be, right? Yeah, I'm taking the over-under. So no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, you want to – Whereas in Thursday night's game, either the Cincinnati or Houston defense would probably be a good fantasy play. Yeah, you probably going to want to stay away from New England and New Orleans in that game <laughs> unless you get rewarded for a team getting lit up for over 40. <laughs> a battle of a couple teams that were surprisingly good in week one. Drop the hammer a little bit. Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, Mr. Oliveras. What does Kareem Hunt do in week two? Well, he doesn't do what he did in week one, that's for sure. But he's someone where if you own him, you must start him. Uh, again, it just comes down to that Andy Reid scheme. You know, it's um, nothing scary in Philly, um, really. And, and the way they feed him and find ways to get him the ball, uh, he'll have a nice encore. I don't see any reason he can't get 20 points this week for you. So, again, if you own him, you're lucky enough to draft him and you won the uh, injury lottery this, uh, this uh, preseason here then uh, you're the big winner. But, um, yeah, he's going to have another solid game. Not Nothing quite like Thursday night. That was ridiculous, but it'll be good. I just once dumped a high-tower cover for the Patriots. They just had no answer at all for essentially anything that the Chiefs were doing on defense. And, then, you know, New England keeps letting these defensive pieces walk or trading them or you know, they trade for Tony Ely and then just turn around and release him. Jamie Collins, they deal to Cleveland. Chandler Jones, they deal to Arizona, and everyone just assumes it's going to be okay because it's Bill Belichick. <clears throat> they did not look okay against Kansas City. Now, it's New England, so they'll probably figure something out, but they've got work to do on the defensive side of the ball, and that is no joke. Ryan Carson Wentz, Alex Smith, both tore it up 
in week one. Who's going to have the bigger game in this one? I'm not buying into Smith. Everybody keeps talking about him. Give me Wentz. Uh, he posted 67%, uh, 67% completion percentage, over 300 yards, two TDs. Didn't even show off the legs, which we know he has. He didn't have to. But there's no running game there. There is none, none whatsoever. And if you try to tell me there is, I'm going to call you crazy because there's no such thing of that with Blount and Smallwood and whoever else you got there. But Wentz is somebody who I liked at the beginning of the season. I think it's going to continue on. I just think that Smith's going to end up throwing up a stinker. But something tells me Wentz is going to stay pretty hot here, and they might surprise the Chiefs. Not saying they're going to beat them, but they'll keep them on their toes. I'm going Wentz um, over Smith if I had to pick one. All right. Battle of the AFC South. A 1-0 team against an 0-1 team. It's just the team that was 0-1-0 we kind of figured would be 0-1. And the team that's 0-1 we thought might have a chance of going 1-0. Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll get to you first, Ryan, because I believe David already chimed in a little bit on Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette or DeMarco Murray? Yeah, I'm going to agree with David on that. I don't I – don't, I love Fournette, the player, and I love him the rest of the season, but not this week. I think Murray's going to have a good game. Um, I think their defense, uh, Jacksonville's defense, is a little bit banged up. I know Ramsey's looking like he's going to be out. Uh, I don't have the other names. i got to vet it. But the big thing for Fournette that I saw was T.J. Yeldon's practicing in full this week. And I know he was kind of a kind of a joke last year and the year before, but he's a, he's a good receiving back and he's going to take some snaps. They like him like him there in uh, Jacksonville. So I like a, ba- a bounce back game for Murray, and I like a, it's going to be a fallback game for Fournette. So I'll take the Murray side. I think Tennessee's going to try to set up the run a little bit more in this game. They kind of got away from it against Oakland, which was a little surprising. I mean, you would think the Raiders would be a team you would want to run on. Control tempo, keep their offense off the field, but sometimes things get away from you a little bit in week one. I, I look for a good game from DeMarco Murray as well. David, you have to start two wide receivers in this game. Who would it be uh, from that lovely pile of talent? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, in this game, in week two, if I had to start two, um, I would have to say. Gosh, it's a toss-up between Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns for me. I think I would go ahead and do. I think I would do Lee for recency, you know, and he's out snapping Hearns right now. I've seen Hearns have amazing games in the past, but uh, it seems like you know they're they're getting more away from him. I think I checked earlier, and he was number three on the uh, depth chart. Alan Hearns was, um, and then as far as switching over to the Titans. Uh, for this week, I can't stress that enough, I would still start Richard Matthews, but I really like what I saw out of Corey Davis last week. Apparently he's healthy, so that's cool. I didn't realize that. But, um, you know, Richard Matthews is still the guy in that offense for the time being. Eric Decker looks like the odd man out in that situation. So if I had to start two, it would be Richard Matthews, Marquise Lee. I have a dynasty where I do, I will be starting probably. I'll definitely be starting Rashard Matthews. I'll probably be starting Alan Hearns. My wide receivers are, let's see, Rashard Matthews, Alan Hearns, Danny Amendola, Ted Ginn, 
Jarvis Landry, and there might be a scrub that I'm forgetting. It's, as you can tell, the wide receiver core is the heart of that squad. <laughs> it could always be worse. <laughs> Please don't say that because of the injury. Every year that that team actually – because I've got good running backs. It's an IDP team, so I've got a solid defense. Every year I go into the season feeling pretty good about myself, and then the injuries just start picking away at my guys. I already lost Dorowitz and Freeman this week off that team, so it's going to happen again. I do have Chris Godwin on my practice squad, though, so I just haven't called him up yet because I figure it may take him a little while to get going, and I'm using that spot for depth of positions. So I'm not talking about my team because no one cares about it. Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. This one of the ty- truly titanic struggles of week two. If it's the only game televised in your area, you have my sympathies. David, is Carson Palmer done? Um, no, he's not done because he, he can't be done because if he's done, then they got nothing else. So um, they're in trouble. They're not in good shape here. Again, I think, as I mentioned before, um, Larry Fitz is the biggest beneficiary of this DJ uh, injury because he's got to be the chain mover, which he's been, you know, for the last couple of years. He's been that kind of kind of moderate depth of route sort of guy uh, moving the, moving the sticks for him. But um, no, he's not he's not done because they can't be done. And if he's done, then the cards are done, which they might be done anyway. Who knows? But no, he he's still got a little more left in the tank. If anybody can help you write the ship, it's Indy. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm as angry as I am at Palmer for burning me last week. <laughs> I'm probably going to recommend him again this week because you look at the matchup and it's like, if he can't get it done this week against Indianapolis, then not only do you glue him to your bench, but I'd probably kick him. I would start thinking about replacing Carson Palmer with Sam Bradford, which I can't believe I just said out loud on purpose. <laughs> but it's true. And he did not look good against Detroit at all. That first interception he threw, it looked like he targeted Tavon Wilson. Um, he doesn't play for your team. But maybe they can get it together. Like you said, he, they have to because it's the Carson Palmer show now. I mean, they, they're not going to have a run game. Anyone that thinks Kerwin it's Williams, all, all Chris Johnson's court. Yeah. Nothing else out there. That's, that's all you got, and you got a defense. That's it. So. Good luck, Arizona. But Indy should write the ship because they are just a dumpster fire. So, Speaking of that Arizona defense, Ryan, is there anyone on the Colts offense you would start this week? Yeah, if you had, if you say you drafted David Johnson, Allen Robinson, Danny Woodhead, Cameron Meredith, Julian Edelman, then yeah, <laughs> I guess you could and you might have to, but no. No, to answer your question, absolutely not. I would not against Arizona. And my worst nightmare, I couldn't imagine having any Colts that I would want to put in my starting lineup. Sit them down, and yes, that pains me to say it, although it looks like Jacoby Brissett will start. That's a blessing. So just wait and see one more week. If Brissett can light a fire, then that'd be great. Uh, but the, uh, no, just don't do it. Don't do it. Just look and see how it turns out, and maybe then in week three you can plug Hilton, maybe Moncrief, maybe Frank Gore can come back to life, but until then, sit him down. Yeah, because Hilton's going to draw Patrick Peterson someday, I have no doubt. And it's, oh, my God, it's bad. It's just so bad. 
I did not no, think the Colts so would be that it's bad. bad. It's sad. I hate it. And I was just thinking of that all-star team of injured guys here. I'm like, well, if you pick David Johnson in the first, Allen Robinson might be there on the 2-3 turn. I'm trying to imagine the poor SOV somewhere who's sitting there looking at the roster with all those guys on it as he opens the oven and climbs the And they are not thinking about football right now. They're probably sitting outside drowning their sorrows in whatever Colt 45 they have. I don't know. This is why DFS exists. This is exactly why. I mean, also because money. But just, just saying, if, you, if you're that poor sucker, hop on DraftKings this week. You'll have fun. It'll make it okay. Hey, you might win a few bucks. Buffalo Bills, Carolina Panthers. <clears throat> Brian, I mean, he seemed to be in week one, if you're going just from a fantasy perspective. Could you make an argument that Shady McCoy is the number one running back in fantasy football? Even though I uh, was beating the drum all summer long saying that he was definitely hardcore number four behind the big three, no, I still can't put him ahead of Le'Veon Bell. We've seen it happen too many times. I mean, even in the Buffalo game, what, he, he exited for a little bit and fat Mike Tolbert came, comes out and steals another touchdown. I feel like it's all the time. I mean, is LaShawn McCoy a top five running back? Heck, yes, he is. But, no, he's not the top running back. Do I want him on my team? I do. Would I trade for him? Absolutely. But still not ranking him above Bell or Elliott, there's no chance. David, kind of an interesting usage pattern we saw emerge with the Carolina Panthers last week with Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart. And, frankly, Stewart got more work than I expected him to against the San Francisco 49ers. If you had to start one or the other this week, who would it be? Um, you know, if I had to start one, I, I'm still starting McCaffrey here. Um, I know Jonathan Stewart outscored him, but, I mean, McCaffrey outsnapped him 47-29. to 29. He's their new toy. There's a reason they went out and got him. I don't care what Ron Rivera is saying out there, you know, hinting that he might limit, you know, what he's going to do and how often you take that new toy out of the package. But, uh, he's probably their most dynamic playmaker on the field right now, um, or he should be anyway. So um, if I had to start one of them, I would start McCaffrey. I don't love him in this matchup, but, um, yeah, that would be the way I would go. Really, Jonathan Stewart, he needs to fall in for a touchdown is what it boils down to. But um, this is about the workload I'm expecting. I'm expecting about this, you know, 60-40, I think it was 70-30 last week kind of split, and I can see that being the foreseeable future, at least for this year anyway. Yeah, and if that's the case, you know, we may have, or at least I may have, I may have underestimated Stewart's value a little bit, especially I think Stewart's going to be kind of a matchup-dependent guy. If it looks like it's a game where the Panthers are what you would consider a favorite to win, as they were against the San Francisco 49ers, then if they get a lead late and they're looking to grind it out, you could get – and that's where a lot of Stewart's fancy points came from this last week, was banging yeah. away between the tackles late in the game. So – you know, he's a guy that might be worth, especially if you're in a little bit deeper league, keep him on the end of your bench for the buys. Or, I mean, we've already seen the injuries start to hit, and we're one week in. Uh, Jets, Raiders, I'm just going to skip over because, seriously, start your Raiders, sit your Jets. I don't think I wouldn't have to explain <laughs> that to people. There is one Miami thing I did want to point out, though. Okay. It's just that Amari Cooper had 13 targets, and he caught five of them. 
Crabtree had seven targets, caught six. That's it. I'm done. Go on. That's, yeah, welcome to Amari Cooper versus Michael Crabtree. And yet, Crabtree got drafted, what, three rounds after Cooper, which is why I have a few shares of Michael Crabtree and none of Amari Cooper. I'm sorry, Amari Cooper is overrated. There, I said it. Didn't Cooper Cooper get, like, three straight red zone targets, and he just just blissed them all, just didn't do anything with them? I mean, go back. Give me my Crabtree value back, please. That's in the red zone. That's all I got to say, because I'm sure the Raiders staff are listening to this right now. So hit Crabtree in the end zone, for the love of God. This is the game to do it. (laughs) Crabtree's red zone targets, you son of a – Miami Dolphins, L.A. Chargers, the Dolphins' 2017 season debut. Ryan, Jay Ajay or Melvin Gordon? Uh, that is a tough one. Um, it's funny. I don't have either of them ranked too high, but I'm going to go Gordon. I think he's going to be more more involved in the passing game than Ajay is, despite Miami's Remarks all offseason to get him 3,000 catches, and he's going to score 5,000 points for the Miami Dolphins. But I'm going to take Gordon here. I really think that he's – Brandon Oliver, to me, not look that good. I think he's going to get even more of all of the running back shares, and he's going to look like more of the Melvin Gordon of last year, even though, I mean, he fell into the the, – end zone last uh, last week, and I think he could do it once or twice again this week, so I would put pick him over Ajayi if I had to. They used him a lot early in that game. I am, as someone who just traded Le'Veon Bell for David Johnson in the Dynasty League not too long ago, and I feel great about it. I also have Melvin Gordon on that team, so that took some of the sting out. I mean, I'm not dead in the water, but if they keep using Gordon like that, I don't know if he's going to survive the season, and then I will be toast. Quite a few fantasy-relevant wide receivers in this game, David. Rank them. Um, If I'm ranking them, I'm going Devontae Parker. Um, Look good in the preseason, and uh, we'll see what happens here with Smoke and Jay. I love him. Uh, Keenan Allen looked pretty solid uh, on the Monday nighter there. A lot of usage, a lot of targets. Then I'm going to go ahead and put Tyrell Williams and Jarvis Landry in the same boat. They're on the same tier for me. And then uh, Kenny Stills and Travis Benjamin are your wild cards deep down the list there. Is this, this month, folks, this might be the year that Devontae Parker finally out of that. If, if it isn't, we'll be saying it again next year. Watch. It's become the Jared Cook of wide receivers. If it's, if it's no, not really, this year, this, if it's not this year, I'm out. I'm off. I'm off Devontae Parker if it's not this year. This is the year. That's it. You get one shot. This is the last one, Devontae. No more after this. San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks. Brian, how worried should we be about the Seahawks offense? Not at all. I'm not worried whatsoever, especially this week. Um, Quick sleeper alert, but Thomas Rawls seems to be practicing an onset to play, and San Francisco's run defense is porous. So go ahead and start all your Seahawks. It should be a fun day for any owner of them. I like Richardson this week, too. He's very quietly led Seattle in targets against Green Bay. Now, it may not be that case every week, but, yeah, I think Seattle is going to come out and just look to step on San Francisco's neck because they're not feeling good about not only losing in Green Bay but not scoring a touchdown in that game. 
Washington Redskins at the Los Angeles Rams, the juggernaut that is the Los Angeles Rams. David, does Kirk Cousins rebound in week two? Well, he can't do much worse, so, yeah, I think he does. Uh, the volume is certainly there. He threw 40 passes last week. He just sucked at life. So, um, yeah, I think he has to. You know, the the matchup isn't isn't horrifying. Um, you know, I think I think uh, they're better on defense than you think, but you you gotta you gotta put him out there. If you drafted him, if he's your quarterback, you gotta give him another couple of weeks here before you start shopping around, finding someone on the waiver wire, looking around here. So yeah, cousin does rebound, but I'm not expecting amazing things out of him this week either. The Rams will have Aaron Donald back, although I would not expect him to play a full snap load given how much time that he waited while he's waiting to get his money. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if in the next week, 10 days, he gets his money. They may have had an unspoken agreement of sorts. If he were to report, they would fast track paying Aaron Donald, which they should because he's worth it. Dallas Cowboys, Denver Broncos, a couple teams coming off big week one wins. Ryan, Denver wide receivers can be tricky to figure out. This is a good matchup where you would think both guys should be able to get open with some regularity. Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah, I'm going to – I know Sanders was the biggest value, but um, just like last week, I think it's going to continue on to this week, and I think Thomas out-targets and out-produces Sanders once again. I like both of them in this game, but if I had to pick one – Demarius Thomas is my guy. Give me that bubble screen. Come on, bring it back. <laughs> In what is probably the game of the week rematch of both the NFC Championship game last year and a wild regular season meeting, which we're both in Atlanta, as this game is. Green Bay Packers, Atlanta Falcons, David, Aaron Rodgers, or Matt Ryan. Can it be both? I mean, over under is fifty three and a half, so both are great. If I'm picking one, I'm picking Rodgers. And Rodgers is actually the probably the best elite value in DFS this week. I think he's the fourth highest quarterback uh, beneath Breeze, Brady, and Ryan. Actually, so um, I'll go Rodgers if I'm picking one of these two. Wow, Aaron Rodgers costs less than Matt Ryan. That's... I think it's like a hundred bucks. Less. It ain't that far, but it's it's technically less. Hey, that hundred bucks can make a difference on your kicker or defense. Or, of course, then you probably get that Raiders kicker on your sheet. You should be looking into that. It's just like that. I don't know. I usually don't. I usually don't set my DFS lineups until Saturday. I'll sit down and bang out some FanDuel ones. So, and then they'll do terribly, and I'll feel bad for a little while, and then I'll start drinking, and I'll feel better, and then I wake up the next morning <laughs> and I feel bad again because I was drinking to make me feel better because I felt bad. <laughs> It's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle of football season. I do it every fall. Gary, a certain Colts fan, you need to put the malt liquor down. It's going to be okay. Hey, lifelong Browns fan, lifelong Browns fan, we're way past okay. Uh, Ty Montgomery, Brian, heck of a game for the Packers. Not only heck of a game, but a significant workload. I mean, they were using Ty Montgomery. Does that continue this week against Atlanta? Yes, it does. Uh, everyone's preseason darling, Jamal Williams, he had, what, two, I think two carries for nine yards. Not so bad, but Montgomery actually got all the carries that he should have gotten last year, and it's about bag on time. He's not small <clears throat> by any means, 
Montgomery is someone I would want to buy. However, I don't think you can get him in any way unless you're ready to pay. But if you find somebody that's a little bit suspicious about Ty Montgomery, I would definitely exploit that, get him off of him, and enjoy the rest because you want all the pieces of Green Bay you can get, and Montgomery is the real deal. Randall Cobb also looked very good in week one. That's a guy that might be providing some fantasy hitters with some substantial value in this year because he went pretty late. The Monday night affair, Detroit Lions, New York Giants. We have one guy for each of you gentlemen who, let's just say in week one, they did not exactly shine. First, David, Brandon Marshall. Do we get a sighting this week? I think we might by default, but I don't feel good about it at all. If I don't have to start him, I'm not going to. Uh, the matchup historically has been enticing uh, with Detroit there, but they, they just looked so washed up last Sunday night. You see Eli out there just looking stupid like usual. Um, Brandon Marshall caught the token pass at the end of the game. You know, so it, uh, it just was ugly. It just was ugly. This could be a good bounce-back spot for him, but um, I'm not – buying until I see it. I'm going to, I'm going to miss his first good game uh, before I feel comfortable starting Brandon Marshall after that debacle last Sunday night. Ryan, Amir Abdullah with a robust two yards per carry against the Arizona Cardinals. Can he better that mark against the Giants defense? It's no joke. Yeah. Um, uh, I agree with David's take on Brandon Marshall first off. And then Amir Abdullah, I actually like the workload. I mean, you're talking about 18 touches for a whopping 41 yards. But, yeah, I mean, it was Arizona's defense. And to me, they're a little bit better than the Giants. I I think there's better days ahead. Am I going to start them this week? No. I mean, if I had to flex him, that'd be fine. I, I wouldn't feel too bad about it. But I think the workload was encouraging, and he didn't get hurt like everyone's always just scared about, even though he only got hurt one time, didn't get hurt in college. But he is a good football player that will rebound. This week may not be it. But if you can buy really low, which I think you can, you should probably do it. Well, folks, that wraps up our week to preview before we sign off why don't you gentlemen let the fine listeners know what you're working on at fancy sharks we'll go with you first David. so i have a uh, dfs article uh, coming out every thursday morning so be on the lookout for that and i want to just go back real quick and just stress the importance of ty montgomery if you go back and look at what the chicago backs just did to atlanta ty montgomery has start written all over him he comes in at a $5,800 price tag on DraftKings, which is where I tend to play. He's got to be in your lineups this week if you want to win. So DFS is what I'm working on these days. Article coming out on FantasySharks.com tomorrow morning. See, there you go. He is making you people money, and he's only asking for a 20% cut, which you can send me, and I'll make sure he gets it. Ryan, what are you working on? Hey, I got a Tuesday article that goes out every week. It's a strength of schedule article where I kind of look at, for all us uh, quarterback and tight end streamers out there, my highlight's been Charles Clay. I'm going to ride him the rest of the year. I think I'm going to put him in every article. Anyways, that's on Tuesdays. And then on Fridays, look for, it's called Flex Appeal, and I look at running back three and four tight ends, the deeper wide receivers, the four, the fives. 
that you may want to plug in your flex and just let it ride. I'm going to help you out, and we'll get this done. Hey, don't feel bad. The fantasy sleeper article I do each week at Bleach Report, he was in last week's, and I was writing it up earlier today, and Charles Clay is uh, in this week's too. So, <laughs> it ain't broke, don't fix it's it. so underrated. Oh. So underrated. On Tuesday mornings at Fantasy Sharks, I have an IDP waiver wire column. Wednesday, start bench for offense comes out. Friday would be start bench for the defense for the IDP side of the ball. And on Saturdays, I have an article called Cornering the Market for IDP leagues that use the cornerback position. I give you some streaming options so that you don't have to actually spend any draft capital on cornerbacks because that's much like you know, drafting a keeper before the last round. It doesn't make any sense. I want to thank you gentlemen very much for joining me this evening. Hopefully we'll help some folks either go to 2-0 and or wash off the stink from that week one loss. Let's have a good weekend of football with maybe a little less insanity and no more injuries. Let's get through one week without a major injury. Yes, please. Have a good one, guys.